Hey, John Matalavich here with another episode of the Human Advancement Podcast. Anyone that knows me could tell you that I'm a big fan of Schuylkill County. This is where I'm from, and although Ruthless Performance operates through affiliate locations throughout eastern Pennsylvania, Schuylkill County is the epicenter for Ruthless Performance operations. With that, I'm trying to put as many of our local athletes in the spotlight as possible. People complain that nothing good comes from here or whatever, but the fact is that we consistently put some high-caliber athletes out there into the greater world of athletics, and that's because of the pride and dedication that many of these local athletes possess. Our guest today is a prime example. This is Reggie Crawford. Reggie swam for North Schuylkill High School until after the state championship meet of his junior year. Reggie got the gold medal that year in the 50-yard freestyle and silver in the 100 free with a time of 45.54. Since then, he's held the PIAA AA 50-yard freestyle record at an impressive 20.45. As we talk about in the episode, Reggie eventually gave up his stellar career in swimming to focus on his passion of baseball. Well, this decision paid off because immediately after high school, Reggie was the 37th round draft pick for the Kansas City Royals. But instead, he chose to play in college at the Division I level for the University of Connecticut. In this conversation, we discuss his swimming career, which is of particular interest to me as a fellow former sprint swimmer in the Schuylkill League. We discuss why he chose UConn and even how he copes with grueling nationwide in-season travel. As he mentions at the end of the podcast, you can follow him on Instagram at I am Reggie Crawford and on Twitter at underscore Reginald underscore C. So be sure to give him a follow. I'm sure you'll be hearing a lot more about Reggie over the coming years. Hey, John Matalavich here from the Human Advancement Podcast. This is uh, episode six, and today we're joined by Reggie Crawford, a freshman baseball player at University of Connecticut. How are you doing, Reggie? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. I'm going a little crazy with the uh, with all this COVID nonsense, but uh, fortunately, it, I, I'm a hunter, so we, ju- we just opened up Spring Gobbler here in Pennsylvania, so I'm pretty happy about that. It's a good chance to get back outside. That's good. Um, so obviously where you're at right now is because of baseball, you have a a pretty, pretty crazy career in baseball, but one of the primary populations I work with, um, is swimmers. So I figured we'd probably start talking about your swimming career and then kind of, it'll just naturally flow into, into, uh, some more of the baseball stuff as we go. But, uh, like I said before, uh, I started recording is that a lot of what we see in swimmers and what we see in baseball players is they're similar athletic populations in that they're dealing with a lot of overhead. Uh, we call them overhead athletes. They're, you know, frequent with the, just a lot of uh, shoulder flexion. And there's a, a lot of a, a very high propensity for shoulder injury, especially when people aren't training right. Um, but I think one of the things that you have going for you with your baseball career is that you managed to kind of be a multi-sport athlete for so long. So I know you up until your junior year kind of thought that you were going to inevitably end up going to college for swimming as opposed to baseball, but is, is swimming your first sport or did you do other sports as well at a young age? 
Um, <clears throat> swimming is my first sport. Um, well, baseball and swimming for the most part. Uh, and then I just did like the usual like soccer and stuff like that that every little kid did, basketball. But um, swimming and baseball were like my main ones from when I was little. I think I started swimming maybe when I was six or seven and probably the same with baseball. Um, yeah, I, I was I always... Think... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I started swimming at a similar age. I was, I had no interest in doing any sports whatsoever, but uh, my, my parents kind of gave me the ultimatum and said that I needed to do something. I, I just chose swimming because um, it was a way just to kind of stay out of the sun. It was just, I didn't want to be sweaty, so I was like, oh, screw it, I'll just go in the pool, and that'll, that'll take care of that. But I did have a little bit of a foray into uh, t-ball, and I still managed to strike out, but ultimately yeah. swimming seems to be the thing that stuck. Yeah, but for me, it was... Uh... This one guy came in my kindergarten class with a slip for, for sign-ups. It was like wrestling and swimming. Uh, and I, I took the one for wrestling. I'm always like, Mom, I want to swim. I mean, I want to wrestle. And she's like, I don't think you're, you're going to like wrestling. So I was like, all right, I'll just swim. That's, that's where it started. It and that was with North Schuylkill? It was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that we – so, I again, I'm from Pottsville, so would have been similar league. I mean, just you know, wa almost walking distance from from my house to that to that school, and you know, vice versa down to Pottsville as well. I'm kind of situated pretty well in between the two. Um, I was kind of I was looking here, so I up until yesterday, I I had thought that in the 53 in the Google League that it was it was uh, it was you, Bill Goodalunas, who got uh, 21.7. Um, in like 1990, and then me getting 21.73 in 2013 or 2012 or 20, whatever that happened. But I was informed yesterday that I'm not actually third, I'm fifth. So that kind of put a damper on my spirits a little bit. But um, up until now, it looks like you still hold the uh, the state record in the 50 freestyle. So I guess if there's anyone to kind of lose out to, you're a, you're a good guy to be on that list. What was your, so what was your progression to getting into, how did you end up being a sprint swimmer? So, you know, for the most part, when people think swimming, they're not thinking of events that are only 20 seconds long or thinking of these, these big long races like the 200 IM or the 200 free or 500 free. Mm -hmm. How'd you end up in the 50? Um, I was always like a bigger, bigger kid. I would never sit and I, like, I was always more muscular than, than certain kids, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I didn't really have interest in just swimming long, long events. I hated long events. I just did not like them. I don't have a body for that. Yeah. But uh, I just was like a one and done kind of person. I would just want to sprint and just get out of the water. So I was never very fond of swimming. I never really, I never enjoyed it. I never liked it. It was just something that I did because it'd be dumb if I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was just, it was just one of those things. It was just, I was always good at sprinting. I just enjoyed training for sprinting, never enjoyed training for, for distance stuff. Those practices were just awful. Yeah, the grueling. I, I agree with that completely. I mean, there was just, I had no interest in, and then on top of that, you can't breathe while you're practicing. So you just kind of want it to be. Like, I'd rather just like not breathe for 20 seconds in a, in a 53 than have to just breathe but still die in like a 200 or a 500 or something just holding a certain pace that's just so uncomfortable yeah it, was, it wasn't it wasn't for me yeah and that and that's something i i don't think i think you could kind of work your way into being good at some of the longer distant things but i, I think for some for the sprint events we get to 50 or the 100 i mean 
you you need the you need to be built for it and i think that comes a little bit more naturally than than some of the other stuff that you might be able to kind of work into that grit for but i I was a similar situation where I, I mean i wasn't naturally strong or anything but I'll, I'll completely credit dryland training to my success um, one of the stories i always say i when i was a sophomore i was a super mediocre time like a 24 33 which is like you know it's all right for the scuba league yeah. but then i went i started weight training almost immediately after districts ended and then it wasn't even anything smart or strategic or anything it was pretty just it was actually like uh, german volume training so it was like 10 by 10 on on just stupid bodybuilding lifts but yeah, i come yeah. back the next season and drop exactly two seconds and down to 22 33 so it's it's you know moving into uh moving into the right direction and and that's all that that's all that 50 is is just a start to turn and and those are hard things to work in the pool mm-hmm. definitely yeah but for me um i was i started uh dry land for swimming my what my sophomore year of high school I didn't do, I didn't really do anything leading up to that, which I, I wish I did because obviously would have helped a lot more, mm-hmm. but um, I'm glad I did wait a little bit instead of just like starting really early. And then it's just like a gradual, like I just gradually get better instead of just like suddenly just getting like really good. Cause it was always pretty good. But at one point I would say like my, yeah, it was my sophomore year. I just really took off. That's when it, that's when it really got going for me, I would say. But then again, my sophomore year, we got a new coach. Like, she has a really good resume with developing, like, really, really good swimmers. Like, who went to the Olympic trials and, and U.S. Opens and stuff like that. So, like, she really knew what she was doing. So, that was the biggest part for me, having a coach that is an expert on this to really help me get to the next step. You said you, kind of, you noticed that you, you got really – you started getting – exceptional as a sophomore was there was there a specific meet or a specific time that you got where you realized that all right i'm starting to get pretty legit at this it was a it was the usa meet i was at bucknell i was like like that's a good pool to have a good meet in yeah yeah it was just like one day (laughs) woke up for the meet and i was there and i was like this is like pretty fun i guess because i'm like when i was i think 10 and 11 I've won like the YMCA states and stuff like that. So like, it was always like pretty good, but I ended up taking a year off my eighth grade year. Cause it's still not, high. it's, it's like just YMCA stuff, but I didn't swim that year. So I had a little bit of a break. So my, my freshman year. Why did you take a break? I just told my mom, I didn't want to do it. And then she, me telling her that for years, she finally caved in and she's like, okay. <laughs> You, 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 just, you could stop. And then I ended up playing. I played basketball instead my eighth grade year. And then getting back into it my freshman year, we had a co-op with Monoy. We didn't have a pool at that time. And that's like that, was, that wasn't really getting back into it. That was just like me going to Monoy and we were all just doing whatever, just like messing around, not like taking it serious. And this just came up. Yeah, I think I won in the – 100 breast or something? 100, yeah, 100 breast, I think. And then I was like, all right. And then I got to States. I made the 50 in, I don't even know what they call it. It's, like, I didn't get first, but, like, they have, like, the few, I forget, like, it's been a while, but, like, the the bid, I think it is. And, like, some oh, kids. Like, if you don't win the district, you get, um. Yeah, they get, like, two bids each, yeah. like, 
like or something. Yeah, so that, that's how I got into the states, and I got like dead last my freshman year. I was like, all right, I'm not used to this. Totally yeah, District right. Eleven, it, District Eleven is a tough uh, is a tough district to qualify for states in. Yeah, because May, uh, Malin Riemann, this one kid, and Gabe Castano. Gabe Castano swims at uh, Malin swims at Harvard. Gabe swims at Penn State. Gabe had the state record before me. He said it like I think a year or two before before I got it, and. Gabe, he, his, his time's like a 19, two or three now. But like at State, I was like, all right, I'm not used to this. I got dead last. Like, I'm, I should actually like start like taking this serious now. Again, I guess. And um, like everything just worked out perfectly. Everything just fell in line at the right time, I guess. Just for me, actually wanting to try, me getting a good coach, or really knowing, like, knowing what to do. Yeah, it all just worked out. So that is when it really just just took off for me, and I was all in with swimming. Like my mindset was there. That was the biggest thing. Because like when I was from, I would say when I was eight to thirteen or fourteen, I was swimming at the Hazleton YMCA. It was it was a, it was a fun team, everything. and we didn't have many kids that like. We had a ton of like really good kids, but we didn't have kids that really like like swimming and like really set themselves to high standards and everything. So like it was just practice we just messed around. Like I would get kicked out for not swimming. And like the years that I won states, I would literally swim a warm-up, not even one set, and I'd get kicked out. And it was like that for like Every every other day was like that. We, you can get away with that a little bit more as a sprinter than you can as a distance kid. I mean, whereas you know, in the five hundred, you you kind of really do need to pound yards to to kind of get anywhere. Whereas in the fifty, if you're you could just add a little bit of intensity and just kind of hang in there for you know a few a few fast laps, you're you're a little bit better off. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that was that was a situation for for those early early years, and then. Um, yeah, it was just it was just my coach, my mindset flipping, and then just just everything, I guess. Good. And then, so did you place in your sophomore year at states? Yeah, I got fourth in the fifty-three, and then seventh in the hundred breast. Awesome. And junior year, I went from the hundred breast switch to the hundred free, and did the fifty-three. Got first in the fifty-three second in the 100 free and i probably would have won the breast if i was allowed to do like a third event he had relays yeah yeah and for your times here i have for that 50 free that year your your junior year you did that a 20.45 and a 45.54 in the 100 yeah pretty good So, so that's your that's your junior year, and then like we said, you didn't actually swim your senior year because uh, you decided to give up swimming. Mm-hmm. So, what led to the decision to give up swimming? You know, was this was this a tough decision? And, and can you just kind of walk us through? How, um, how that went? So, it was baseball. Obviously, that took me away from from swimming. It was pretty much up until the end of baseball season, my junior year. I was still set to like I was still looking at schools for for swimming and stuff like that. But then the one day I was I was pitching a game against one of my really good friends who's also a really good pitcher. He uh, at East Carolina, Millersville, and 
like Towson or something at the game. I just happened to be pitching that game along with him. And like, that's really where my name got out there. And then my name just shot around after that. And then all that happened. And I started looking into, uh, like just a ton of people, start, like a ton of schools started contacting me and like travel coaches and stuff. And I was like, wow, like maybe I'll have like a future in baseball. Cause I was always like good at baseball too, but swimming was just, I was, I was much better at swimming. Mm-hmm. And like, since I did like actually enjoy baseball, I'm like swimming. Uh, I was like, wow, like I would not be, I would not be upset if I went to college for, for baseball. So like just looking at travel ball and stuff, I ended up finding a place and then like schools, just all kinds of schools, like SEC, ACC, AAC, like all these schools are just flocking to my, my tournaments and stuff. There'd be games where I have 30 schools behind the plate with radar guns and stuff like that. And that was like, that was a turning point. I was like, all right, I'm done with swimming. Um, the dry land I've done for swimming is obviously, well, I don't, I don't know if it's actually like this anymore, but like the dry land that I, the dry land that I did was different than stuff I should have been doing for baseball. Like dry land for me, was just uh, 20 minutes, 30 minutes in the weight room that we had time for in high school before practices and like just some ab workout core, core stuff. And I was like, all right, I need to get in the weight room. I need to start lifting for baseball, stuff like that. I need to actually like, I need to put time into baseball instead of just like a few months and then just swimming. So I was like, all right, baseball, it's the move because the schools are coming at me and then the pro, the pro team started to mix in. And then they were all just flocking towards me. And I was like, all right, swimming's just done. I'm done with yeah. that. There's no swim teams. Yeah, I was like, it's college. Like, yeah, sure, maybe I'll get my, my school paid for swimming. And I was just like, it's done. But baseball, like, the school's paid for. And I also have the option to play professionally after that or do, like, play professionally instead of college. So I was like, all right, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good gig, I guess for the baseball aspect, but, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, at that point, I was like, all right, whatever, I don't care, I'm not going to swim, but sometimes I'll be like, all right, maybe I want to, maybe I miss it a little bit, because I, I really hate it. I don't know, anytime I get in the pool, I real, I remember that I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> I'll think that, and I'll be like, all right, it made you feel this way for so long, and I was like, all right, never mind, I don't, I don't Yeah. Yeah, that was the situation. Baseball just took off with, like, colleges coming at me, the, the pro teams coming at me, and then, like, pre-draft work and stuff like that. And I was like, right, this, is, this is where I should be. I enjoy this. This is fun. Yeah, and, and I agree. We, I think sw- people like us, sprinters, might actually enjoy swimming a little bit more if it I – think, I think that's pretty common across the board for sprinters to really not enjoy swimming I, all that much. I, I know one kid – Honestly, one kid who actually loves swimming, like who will go to sleep, who would fall asleep with Michael Phelps on his TV, just like watching YouTube videos. I know one kid like that. Everyone else, and I'm talking like like high caliber, like all these swimmers that I would talk to, that were my friends, just none of them like swimming, blah, blah, blah. Well, I think part of it too. 
part of it, I think, is the fact, that, like you said, the weight room aspect of it is almost like an afterthought for swimmers. And I think that's so unfortunate because I think that's, I think that's the clearest and easiest path for swimmers to get better. I mean, just like I said, starts and turns, especially on that 50. I mean, just, just it's, it's power output. And you're not, you can't develop more force in the pool off the wall than you already are when you're coming off the wall. So mm -hmm. the only way to add more force than what you're doing by busting out turn after turn is to just kind of get in the weight room and actually get stronger and kind of make, but I, I don't know what, like, I, you know, you're in baseball too. And I mean, the same thing would, could be said about baseball up until, you know, the eighties and the nineties where, where they kind of started taking weight training seriously, but for some reason, it's, a different game. it's so far behind. Mm -hmm. It's a different game now. And like with swimming, like there's a lot of people think that like all swimmers are like super skinny and stuff like that. You look at Caleb Dressel though. And that guy's like, he's huge. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's a sprinter, but he also, he's good at, like, somewhat distant stuff, like 200 and everything. But it just depends. But, yeah, I, I completely agree now, like, looking back at it. Like, if I got in the weight room, like, that would be it would be, it would be a different story, I guess. Yeah. Same outcome, but it would have been, been a lot better, I feel. Yeah, I agree with I not necessarily. I don't have you know. I, I couldn't speak to him if that's the case for you or not. But I, I know just in general that that seems to be the case. I mean, yeah. I think part of the problem with swimmers is the reason they end up in the water is kind of because they're they're almost a little bit, you know, a little dopey or kind of too uncoordinated to do some land-based sports. So, so the thought of doing something on the land is is almost kind of intimidating to some swimmers, whereas it's actually just just a fantastic tool. Yeah. Um, so then, like you said, you start becoming a, a draft prospect uh, for the major leagues. Could you kind of walk me through what that was like, kind of just when you realized that, that all of a sudden the MLB is something that's kind of uh, a, a feasible thing in your life? Mm -hmm. yeah, no it was just like swimming one day and literally baseball the next day. Like that, that's pretty much what it was. And it, like baseball just happens so fast because a lot of these kids like they play travel ball from when they're six years old so it's just a gradual like a few schools here and there here and there and they just gradually add up but like for me it was just like boom 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 boom, boom like for schools out of nowhere stuff like that so like the process of the whole it was it was fun and like it was so much fun that i i makes me mad that I wasn't playing travel ball from an earlier age. But, um, but yeah, like with that, um, just like traveling everywhere for travel ball, um, just like being able to talk to all these schools, like these big schools, uh, be able to talk to commits and everything, see what they think and all that kind of stuff. It, it was, it was a crazy experience. And then, you know, then the pro teams, started to get into the mix um like talking to them it was even cooler and then like throughout the winter my senior year just constantly going to a different facility to do um pre-draft workouts with like other draft prospects and some kids are like the top kids in the country and it's just it's just really cool because you're making like a lot of good friends and like all the friends are like pretty pretty good players yeah. so that was just it was just a whole – it's like a different world, you know? Well, it breeds a culture of excellence when everyone's kind of aligned and has the same goal mm -hmm. in mind. It's, it's a little yeah. bit of a different story when you're in, when you're in high school and some kids are, are just kind of in it because, you know, they need to do a sport or whatever. And mm -hmm. now all of a sudden it's not just I need to get through the season, but it's, you know, I need to, I need to get to the next level. 
Exactly. And like with high school, I was like, there was so much more jealousy, I would say, with that kind of stuff instead of like kids that I'm actually like competing against. And we're like, we're competing for like draft picks and we want each other to succeed more than like kids in my high school and stuff like that. So it's just, it's a, it's a different world. And like, we're just like having that, all that in common and like just being like a certain group of people, like it just brings us closer. Pretty much all of my closest friends are in the same boat as me. And like, they just live, some of them live across the country. Like it just scattered. They're like, they're my best friends just from yeah. baseball. As you, as you kind of get to operate on that national level, I guess, as you came into the University of Connecticut, it looks like, so a couple of things happened. They, they kind of, it looks like they expanded their season. So you're actually competing nationwide, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our, yeah, our conference was, was pretty much nationwide and like our uh, out of conference schedule is pretty, pretty tough all the time. So that was another situation where we were just getting across the country and stuff like that. Cause our first, our first series, it was like the MLB four tournament it was called, but it was in um, Arizona with Vanderbilt, Michigan and Cal Poly. And it was, it was us for it. So just right off the bat, just going to Arizona and stuff like that. You just get to meet people from all over the, the country. And, and for me, like I've met people from all over the world, many countries I've, I've played with kids in Mexico and, and like uh, stuff like that. Kids, when we played in Mexico, kids were coming from Cuba, uh, Dominican Republic, and stuff like that. So it just it becomes a small world when you get exposed to that. Could you could you talk about? So you are on the road a lot. I know the baseball season can be pretty grueling. What what do you do while you're on the road, either to for for shoulder care, for arm care, or and just overall for your health and nutrition? What are what are the what are kind of considerations are you are you using to to make sure you're not falling apart as the season goes on? Um. So yeah, like we're on the road a lot. I mean, for out of the seven days in a week where we're on the road, Thursdays are our travel days. So, I mean, it just comes down to, like, eating the right foods. Uh, like, it's not mandatory, but, like, the kids who really want to, like, set themselves apart will, like, go into the weight room. They'll find a weight room in the hotel gym and make the most out of it, you know? Like, that's – I would I would get up at, like, 8 in the morning uh, sometimes just to go do a lift before our game. That's, like, a 5 p.m. or something like that. Um, it's very much just – just that eating healthy, making sure you're staying in shape, uh, due to lack of organized lifts. Cause you're, you're just not on campus or anything. Um, school, the game itself. And then just like experiencing things, you know, it's like our coach puts that, he, he, he picks hotels in good spots so that there's a lot of culture and we could actually like go see stuff like that. We're not just trapped in our hotel rooms. So like, when we were in New Orleans, he just put us a block away from uh, what's that one? What's that street called? Uh, Bourbon Street. street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, just want us to experience things, like just see different parts of the the country, different ways of life, and stuff like that. So I mean, it's just it's fun. Like just all the factors that just make it really enjoyable. Yeah, that that's awesome. That's an awesome thing to get to experience, and then to to get it experience it while you have some kind of higher goal of, of, you know, excellence in sport is, is a pretty cool combination. What ultimately led you to decide University of Connecticut? There were a lot of things. I mean, at the time, I 
at the time when I was going through all this, I'm not, I was not the player that I'm now um, at all. I didn't feel as if I was ready for like a big, big school. Cause like when, when I was getting contacted by Vandy um, and stuff like that, I was like, all right, it's Vandy. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I'm not sure if I could compete at that level because due to me not playing much baseball, I was like, I'm not even sure like where I stand with my skill set and stuff. And I made these like these two like all American events, area code and East Coast Pro. That was the only time <laughs> pretty much that I've seen over like 90, 90 mile per hour pitching. And in college, it's pretty much the average is I would say 89 to 91. And then you'll have the occasional like 93 to 97. And I was like, I don't know how I'll play against that kind of stuff. So I was like, all right, I don't want to go to school like that where I'll maybe get like cut or become like a red shirt. So I wanted to play right away. So I was like, all right. I'll pick a big school, but not like too big. One that I feel like I can handle. That was like one of the main reasons as to why I picked UConn. And like another one was like, my family likes to see me play and everything. And like sometimes flights could be expensive. So I was like, all right, maybe I could, I could pick a school where they could just come see me and it won't be like that much of a hassle for them to get there. And like that was, that was also another uh, big reason as to why I picked it. But yeah, the player that I was then was completely different than I am now but I feel like I picked like everything just worked out perfectly like everything happens for a reason I always say isn't there a, a new a new ballpark at UConn as well yeah Elliott ballpark there they finished it now they're just working on the facilities like our uh, our hitting facility and everything like that yeah, it's really nice really nice turf field the other one looked like a high school field never got to play there but happy this new one's there it's really nice yeah, that, that's cool. I mean, not saying it was a bad program, but to almost come in and feeling as though there's a fresh start is, is pretty neat. And kind of getting to build your legacy on a new field is, is definitely something that's pretty, uh, pretty aspirational. So, so I, you know, you're left-handed pitcher, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. What, what, uh, what kind of exercises are you doing on a regular basis for, for arm care? And, um, and on top of that, what have you been doing with the lack of, with the limited weight room access that we have? Um, with the quarantine yeah so like since i'm i'm a two-way so i play first and i pitch also but i'm i would say i'm primarily um a position player over a pitcher so i don't have like a crazy like uh i don't have a crazy arm care routine or anything <clears throat> like to be honest i still let me know like what to do i have my jagger bands and it's just um like alan jagger makes these these bands that are really good and like, I don't know a baseball player without them and just like scap exercises and stuff with those for and stuff for your rotator cuff and all that um like that's pretty much the only thing I do for for shoulder care I would say um but the quarantine I mean it's taking a it's taking a hit on me <laughs> I've gotten smaller I'm trying to do like body weight stuff and trying to it sucks. I think finding that that I can use, but like it's it's taking a toll on me. I need this to end, but uh, I mean, my trainer has been sending us stuff, but I'm still just gradually. Yeah, I I was I was on the decline too, just in terms of my own just personal workouts. But finally, got my hands on two kettlebells, so that kind of really? yeah, that brought a spark of life back into me. Yeah, yeah I, I did. Know, I, 
have so much gym access all the time that I, I have next to no fitness equipment here whatsoever. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. I had to dig out like an old TRX, like suspension trainer just to yeah, kind of exactly. get some it is, exactly. yeah. But it has been rough. Uh, well, this is pretty fantastic so far. Is there uh, any anything else that uh, that kind of comes to mind about you know what you, what you're doing for your fitness or anything you'd like to kind of uh, mention before we close up here? Not really. You covered a good bit. Cool. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun talking to you. Is there any um, is there anywhere you would like to point people um, to follow you on social media? Those kind of things. Oh yeah, my uh, I have Instagram, Twitter. Um, my Instagram is I am Reggie Crawford, and then my Twitter is underscore Reginald underscore C. And that's pretty much my main main social medias. Cool, man. Well, I wish you the best of luck over there. Um, when whenever we end up going back to school, and whenever whenever you get back on the field, yeah, it's it's not just you that's on the decline. It's everybody now. So I know. You- I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's I'm glad it's not just me. Yeah. That's, that's a positive out of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some uh, some uh, arm exercises too, just to kind of help with that with that rotator cuff. I think there's more to do with just body weight than I think people realize sometimes. Body mm-hmm. weight Thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, but uh, but otherwise, it, it, it's been good talking to you. And I hope we could do this again. And uh, you know, I, I look forward to uh, to hearing about you as as your uh, as your career progresses. You're a freshman, so we got you know, three more years of this and in, in, uh, in, at the collegiate level. And then, you know, God knows what's in store after that. Yep. That's right. All right. Well, good talking to you, sir. You too. Thank you. That's a wrap on today's episode. You can find more about the human advancement podcast and ruthless performance on ruthlessperformance.com. I specifically recommend that you head to our online education tab where you can learn more about self-improvement, the physiology of performance practices for enhanced wellness and more. You can view all podcast episodes directly on our website at podcast.ruthlessperformance.com. I also recommend that you follow us on both Instagram and Twitter with the handle at RuthlessPerform. If you have any questions for our monthly Q&A or wanted to learn more about training with Ruthless Performance, including information on our athlete development training, injury prevention and corrective exercise protocols, personal training, or for consults or assessments, you can get in touch with us online at RuthlessPerformance.com contact or via email at info at ruthlessperformance.com. The human advancement theme was written by Bernie Wallace-Savage.